0: Girlfriends, episode number 91, Small Ways to Pray All Day. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about small ways to learn how to pray all day. And I can't wait to connect with you on this important topic for busy women everywhere. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you're with me this week. I'm actually pre-recording this um, several days before it will be shared, because I'm going to be traveling a bit. This coming weekend, um, my husband and I are going to a friend's wedding, so please pray for Jeff and Krista, who are getting married this weekend, good friends of ours, um, so we're going to be traveling for that. And then after that, I'm going to be in France for a little bit for my own work, and that kind of takes me over the days when I normally would record the podcast, so I'm not counting on having time to record during those travel days. So... Just working a little bit ahead here and um, thinking about prayer. I want to share about real life prayer. We talk about it a lot here on the podcast and talk about the challenge that it is. Talk about ways to make prayer actually happen in your life and the importance of setting time apart for it. And that's part of what I want to address here this week. Um, That whole thing where we're tempted to say as busy wives and mothers, and I've said it too, that my life is a prayer, right? My whole life is a prayer. I don't need to set aside time for prayer my whole life is a prayer and yes i get that oftentimes our work can be a prayer but i think sometimes when we're saying that it's a cop-out i think sometimes it's an excuse sometimes we feel really busy and it feels like a burden that is being placed upon us to also have to have any kind of a meaningful spiritual life on top of everything else that we're doing so we can say well my whole life's a prayer even if we never gave a thought to god from, you know, morning till night, or even if we just have a passing thought in God's direction, occasionally, now and then throughout our day, especially if we were having trouble with something, right? I know, it's easy to fall into those kinds of habits, because I, I mean, I've done it too. But I want to challenge you this week, if, if you are at all inclined to say that, <laughs> my life is a prayer, or how can I possibly fit prayer into my life, I get it. And I'm sympathetic to it. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I started thinking about this because recently, um, an article that I wrote, I don't know how many years ago now, gosh, several years ago now, because I wrote it when my kids were still pretty small, probably six or seven years ago, um, called A Mother's Liturgy of the Hours. Um, recently got revived a little bit. And um, I talked about it on the radio, you know, sometimes columns kind of go through these ebb and flow and of attention that they get. And this is one that's been a perennially popular topic. People like this column that I shared first years ago, but then just recently, I've gotten a lot of feedback on it. People really like the idea of a mother's liturgy of the hours. So um, you may have seen it, I shared it on my Facebook page when um, I was on Sacred Heart Radio for it not too long ago. But I'm going to read it here today because I want to talk about kind of the idea and the concept and why this is attractive to us as moms and as busy women and I want to talk a little bit more about um, the idea of making your day a prayer because that's I'm not saying that's a lie I I am saying that we need to be deliberate about making our day a prayer if we if we really want that to be true for us so first I'm just going to share it Um, it's not very long I'll read through the column here it's called a mother's liturgy of the hours I grew up with a dad who prays the Liturgy of the Hours, and as a result, the Church's daily pockets of prayer have always held a special attraction for me. Perhaps when I am an older woman, I will live the kind of life conducive to praying the Divine Office, but for now, my own version will have to do. Morning Alone on the couch with a prayer book, I prepare for the day that lies ahead. My husband is in the shower, coffee is in my cup, and my children are still in their beds. "'but not for long. "'Mama,' Gabby calls from the stairway, "'where are you?' "'And so she finds me, "'and entertains me, "'with stories of her dreams, "'of princesses and butterflies, "'with demonstrations of a dance move "'she is perfecting, toes pointed "'and arms moving gracefully through the air, "'with questions about up hairstyles, "'painted nails, pierced ears, "'and the magic age she must reach "'before acquiring these worldly delights. "'As I listen, I pray.' Give me your ears, Lord. Help me to hear in this small voice not an interruption, not something that pulls me away from you, but the very purpose for which you put me here on earth. Help me to hear a garrulous girl who is growing up, who needs my guidance, who craves my attention, and who, at least for now, values my opinion above all others. Give me ears to hear the gift that comes in her small, curious, animated, and admiring voice. Midday Finally weary of children telling me they are at risk for malnutrition, I pull boxes of pasta from the pantry and make my way to the kitchen to prepare lunch. A pile of school papers, tall enough to make the fire marshal twitch, awaits me at the counter. Greasy gunk and saucy splashes from last night's chicken dinner greet me at the stove. I straighten the stack of papers, grab a nearby dish towel, and wipe half-heartedly at the stove top while waiting for the water to boil. As I wipe, I pray. Give me your eyes, Lord. I want to see the blessing of enough to eat in my kitchen's messes. Help me see the privilege of having my children at home, in the piles of papers and chaos of the dining room. Show me that messes are temporary things, but that the souls we are raising are forever. Help me to know that my own preferences for greater tidiness and order will be met in due time. Right now, I want to see only love. Afternoon With two of my smallest along for the ride, I drop off one child at basketball practice, drive to the next town to drop off a second, stop at the grocery store for just a few items that somehow turn into an overflowing cart that costs $130, and then head back to the gyms to begin the picking up part of my day. It is already dark by the time we pull into the driveway and my head is filled with laundry to finish, phone calls to make, emails to write, deadlines to meet, and dinner to prepare. But three-year-old Danny has fallen asleep. Gently, I unbuckle his seatbelt, lift him from his car seat, and we make our way through the dark toward the house. The cold air wakes him, though, and he squirms, cries, and kicks. As I hold him, I pray. Give me your arms, Lord. I need gentle strength. Help me respond to anger with a gentle touch that soothes. I want to touch all my children in the way they need it most. Give me capable arms to hold them when they need to be held, but wise ones, too, that know when to let them go. In my every touch, may others feel your love. Evening. After dinner, cowboys take over the house. There is gunfire in the living room and a cattle roundup in the hallway. Settle down, I hear myself say. Time for pajamas. But cowboys don't always listen to their mothers. And big boys sometimes grow deaf too. Like when they are so close to beating their high score and mom says it's time to turn that noisy thing off. As I scold, I pray. Give me your voice, Lord. Help me to see that the words I choose can build up or tear down. When I grow tired of repeating myself and want to give up or shout, inspire me with a better way to gain my children's attention. Give me grace to correct fairly and inspire virtue. Help me to say out loud the things that are good and true about my children. I want to encourage them. Night. Mama, someone small speaks to me in the dark. I need a dwink. I will myself from the warmth of my bed and force myself to walk through the door and down the stairs to fill a sippy cup. I return, present the gift of hydration and lead the thirsty one back to his bed. Stay here, he begs. And so for just a moment, I settle down next to him. As he sleeps, I pray. Give me your heart, Lord. In the sleeping, breathing bodies that fill the beds of this room and the next, help me to see the preciousness of the souls you have entrusted to me. I want my heart to overflow with grace and love, joy and gratitude. Help me to know that my life in this home and my days with these children are a temporary privilege. Teach me to see you, to feel you, and to know you in the peace and stillness of this night. Touch my heart and show me where you lie patiently waiting for me, beneath the noise and chaos, in every moment of every day. Amen. So that was something I wrote. I realized as I was reading it, uh, Danny was three, so that was eight years ago. Um, but it hasn't changed. I mean, the details have changed, but the busyness hasn't changed. The noise in my life hasn't changed. And the essence of what I want to pray and what I mean to pray is the same that I want to know God's presence in all those busy moments of my days. I want to feel his presence and know his will for me inside of every moment of every day and of course i'm describing an ideal here i'm not saying that i live this out to perfection but i'm saying that that is something that we can set as a goal for ourselves and when we talk about the idea that my life is a prayer that doesn't mean all those hours of the day where you're not even giving a thought to god um you know that it's it's really a, a very prayerful kind of activity it's not if you're not being fully present, if you're not being aware of of your relationship with God throughout your day, and ultimately that's our ideal, right? That's what we want to be doing. We want to be praying every moment. I know that's a tall challenge. Um, But I think, first of all, it's important to recognize that that's the goal. And it's important to to speak the truth that that's what God is calling us to. He's calling all of us to that. And it might come to us through, you know, praying something formally, like the Liturgy of the Hours. It might be something a little more informal, like what I describe in a Mother's Liturgy of the Hours. But the idea is the same, that God wants us to be fully connected to him, and that we grow in that connection the more effort we put toward it. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact that it's tempting sometimes um, when we're busy to lie to ourselves. And, you know, we've talked before about the morning offering. You know I'm a huge fan of the morning offering. But – I don't want us to kind of abuse that idea that, oh, I prayed my morning offering. Now I don't have to think about God for the rest of the day, right? Ideally, the morning offering should put us in the right frame of mind for our entire day. And I think I've shared before here on the podcast that I try to get in the habit, and this is, you know, very basic. Anybody can do this, of repeating that morning offering. In moments that are especially trying throughout my day, moments where I want to remember to be offering up to Jesus, where I want to be remembering to turn to Jesus in all of my needs, or even in a moment that's especially joyful or happy or you're grateful, repeating those words of giving it all back to God, I think that there can be nothing more pleasing to Him than that kind of simplicity. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't, that's part of the beauty of it, that A a fruitful prayer prayer life for a mom, for someone who's busy, for any woman who's busy in any stage of her life, because I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, kidding myself that I think my life's going to be all peaceful and simple and serene when I no longer have children that I'm raising in this house. Uh, It's just the nature of life here on earth and the nature of the kinds of work that we women tend to excel at and that we tend to take on inside of our relationships and family lives. It's very busy. It's a distracting thing, and it will occupy the entirety of your mind, heart, and soul if you let it. So that's what I want to encourage you to do this week is to think a little bit about the ways in which you might be making excuses for yourself um, and avoiding prayer. And think, maybe think about reframing the idea of prayer in your mind, because if you're thinking immediately, I have no time for that. I don't need one more thing stressing me out. Then maybe you're thinking about prayer the wrong way. Um, I recently read online this interesting article that was talking about prayer as a time of resting in God, finding rest in God. It doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be another to-do on your list. It can be a moment where you simply be, where you're simply present, where you turn your attention toward Jesus, where you turn your attention toward God. And inside of that, find peace and refreshment and sort of an acknowledgement of who you are who God made you to be and your identity as a child of God just resting in God it doesn't have to be another to do a chore a thing that's piled on you another demand in your life i think it's important to kind of really examine the way that you look at prayer if it feels like a burden that you don't have time to fit it into your life, then maybe you're thinking about it all wrong. Um, you know, it, it, maybe you're thinking about it in a way that it isn't something you do for you. And it very much is. It very much is a, a way that you can um, find peace and, you know, joy and fulfillment and refreshment is by just, being just resting in that relationship with God—it doesn't have to be, you know, a litany of the saints that you're praying out loud or a rosary or whatever else it is. So, um, so think about that. Think about ways in which you can maybe find more time in your day to just rest in God's presence and not see it as a burdensome kind of chore that you need to do. But I want to talk today about some small prayers. Uh, The morning offering for sure is one of them. You know, little prayers, I think they're sometimes called aspirations that you can memorize. And I find these are really helpful to me in different parts of my day that you can kind of insert in different parts of your day. And it can be very fruitful to have different times of your day or different events that might happen on a regular basis throughout your day that trigger a small little action on your part toward prayer. Okay, so we already talked about the morning offering. And um, I'll share again, a version in the show notes, the one that I have memorized that I like to say, and we've shared before about Maybe making a copy, a printed copy of a morning offering and putting it on your bathroom mirror or somewhere that you're going to see it every morning on the coffee maker. Good idea. Put it on the coffee maker. Then you won't miss it. Um So, you know, things like that um beginning your day. But another one that I wanted to share, and here's one that's super simple and you see uh, athletes and in professional sports do it all the time how about a sign of the cross how often do you make a sign of the cross during your day for sure you might make one at the beginning or the end of a formal prayer um you might make one when you're entering a church or leaving a church but how often do you think to do it just to kind of um, give honor to God, whether it's, um, I like the, the example that professional athletes sometimes set of, you know, before an at bat. So before a moment when you're going to be kind of challenged and, um, so they're placing themselves under the sign of the cross for that moment. Um, but. You know, you don't have to be a professional athlete to feel challenged in that way. Um, You might do that before a a difficult conversation or before uh, something challenging at work or before writing an email that you're nervous about sending or any number of things or before responding to a a child's tantrum. (laughs) That would be a good one. Um, But just, you know, thinking about just prayerfully making the sign of the cross and what a beautiful sign that is of, you know, setting ourselves apart as Christians and making that sign of the cross over our bodies and kind of placing ourselves in Jesus's loving care in that way. So think about times in your day where you might be able to say a sign of the cross and maybe begin to make it a habit, like before you begin a chore that you hate. Make a sign of the cross as an outward physical sign to yourself, but also just an inward spiritual sign that you're you're offering that chore to, to Jesus. That might be a nice thing to do. Um, another little aspiration that is great to memorize and say um, is, Jesus, Mary, I love you, save souls. That's one that I learned when I was young. And I have to admit, I kind of got away from it for a while. But whenever something occurs to you, um, especially I think inside a family life, Thinking about Jesus, and you can add Joseph in there too if you want to add the entire Holy Family. Um, just a little prayer to the Holy Family, a little prayer to Mary and to Jesus. Um, you know, anytime that you're you're worried for someone, the state of someone else's soul, whether it's your own, whether it's your husband's, whether it's your children's, or their friends, or some bit of news that you've heard, that um, that that can be really a very beautiful, easy prayer to just memorize and have ready to say. And while we're talking about tough conversations, how about saying a prayer to the Holy Spirit before you have a difficult conversation? I always pray, and this cannot get any simpler, come Holy Spirit, come. I pray that before I um, have a difficult conversation with somebody, before I make an important phone call, whether it's for work or something personal. Um, before I'm interviewed on the radio, I, I say that little prayer before I, I speak in front of any kind of group or if I'm on TV or whatever, um, because the Holy Spirit is the source of all wisdom, right? That's one of the gifts of the Spirit that we can ask for. And I always just ask for the right words for the right moment um, and puts you in the right frame of mind, but also kind of submits you to God's will going into some of those more challenging circumstances. So um, how much easier can that be? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Okay? You already have it memorized. So next time you're going to be uh, speaking or having a difficult or an important conversation, say that prayer. Just, you know, I think the more we get in the habit of doing this, the easier it becomes and the more second nature it becomes. There are lots of different opportunities that kind of present themselves. So um, that's a good one for when you're going to have an important conversation or, or be speaking in an important way. Another one. Do you ever uh find yourself in a public situation or in a conversation with someone and someone takes the name of the lord in vain ugh right it just oh it it like i feel like i physically hurt sometimes when i hear it so much worse than if somebody's even you know swearing horribly i don't want to hear our lord's name disrespected and some people do it without thinking some people do it you know in vicious ways Regardless of that, um, you don't have to be some holy roller and go around correcting everybody, but just, you can even just inwardly say a little prayer, blessed be the name of the Lord, when you hear the lord's name taken in vain or the lord or the faith being disrespected in some way blessed be the name of the lord a little act of reparation for that offense to our lord and um i, I find that that gives me peace that i feel like i even if you're not going like, to get in the face of somebody who's saying something inappropriate it's not always appropriate to do that if it is for sure you know uh, i correct kids all the time. (laughs) But if you're not in a position of authority, or if, if a confrontation wouldn't be appropriate in that situation, then you can even just very quietly to yourself say, blessed be the name of the Lord, and just offer that little bit of reparation, that little bit of recognition for the offense that that is to Jesus. Another one that we've talked about many, 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 many times here on the podcast is Jesus, I trust in you. Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. We talked about faking it till you make it with that one, you know, just in moments where you're really struggling to trust in moments where you're feeling anxious or worried about, you know, anything. It can be so good to just fall on those words and just repeat them, and it's really a very soothing way to be reminding yourself of where your trust is supposed to be placed. But at the same time, a good prayer and a, a reminder to, um, even if you're gonna you're gonna share it with people around you or share it with your children. I know I've prayed that many times with my children. Encourage them to pray it too. Um, children who get up in the middle of the night, very good prayer to teach them and to pray with them, just placing your trust in Jesus. So um, that's really a, a very easy prayer. But again, all of these are easy. All of these are just little ways that you can kind of insert prayer in your daily experiences. Another one, Um, If your pride is wounded in some way or if you're tempted to respond in a prideful way, hey, let's think about Facebook conversations, you know, sometime that you feel like you need to be defending yourself, a really good prayer to say is, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like yours. That's one that I find is very fruitful to pray, especially in those moments where you do feel humiliated or you do feel like your pride is being wounded in some way. Just It sort of reminds you, both in the words and in the thoughts that it inspires, of Jesus' great humility, right? I mean, he was God. Jesus was God, creator of the universe, right? And he humbled himself to take on human form and then the unimaginable humiliations that he suffered throughout his lifetime but especially during his uh, path, passion and death. Really important to remind ourselves of that especially in moments where we're tempted to be prideful like who am I to be getting all worked up and defensive and you know be engaging in this prideful way defending myself or depending, defending my pride even if it's justified because Gosh, it couldn't be more justified for Jesus, and he didn't do it, you know? He didn't defend himself. And I'm not saying it's never appropriate to defend yourself, but oftentimes the right thing to do is to be quiet and offered up. And those are the moments where Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like yours is really a very beautiful prayer to pray. Or how about when you're driving by a church? I love this one. Um, Some people do uh, make the sign of the cross when they go by the church, but another thing you could pray is, Jesus and the blessed sacrament have mercy on us or um, Savior of the world, have mercy on us. I think that's a beautiful way of recognizing Jesus' presence inside of the church. And share this one with your children. I, I find it's very nice if you're just, you know... It, recognizing jesus's presence we don't just drive by and pretend he's not there right i think it's a great way to reinforce that lesson to our children but even more so to ourselves remind yourself of the great gift of the real presence of jesus in the eucharist so you know just oh, jesus in the blessed sacrament have mercy on us just pray that little aspiration when you drive by a church or any time that you think of it if you want to you know any anytime during your day that you're inspired to pray one of these little prayers i think it's a, a very beautiful thing okay and finally How about those moments where you're tempted? We've talked about this before. I've shared with you before how I really believe in the power of Jesus's name, just saying his name, that it can be a powerful prayer, just saying out loud the name of Jesus. And I teach this to my children and I practice it myself that minute You get that thought, that temptation, maybe to respond in anger or a temptation to do something wrong or to cut a corner, you know, you shouldn't cut or whatever it is that you're feeling that little bit of a nudge toward doing the wrong thing say Jesus' name out loud. Say his name out loud because I believe it has great power and it can banish the one who's tempting you. It can banish that temptation. It can give you the grace that you need to overcome that temptation to choose the right thing. And I really do encourage my kids to do this. I I recently had um, a really very heartfelt conversation with one of my kids, especially about being tempted and the times in our lives when we feel weak, when we feel tempted, when we feel it's inevitable that we're going to give in to sin and the great power that Jesus has over sin, over temptation, over all evil. It's important to remind ourselves of that. So a little prayer of aspiration just... Jesus, I trust in you, or just saying his name. How much easier can that be? You don't have to memorize a single thing. Just say the name of Jesus out loud and know that that's a prayer that will be calling on the power of Jesus to help you to overcome evil. So that's it. That's the gist of what I want to share with you today about adding more prayer, finding small ways to pray all day long, truly making that thing that we like to say, that my life is a prayer, a reality, that those are just some small ways that you can think about possibly doing that, turning your heart toward God, turning your heart toward your relationship with Jesus more often throughout the day, through everyday things that happen, you know, placing yourself in Jesus's care before and after and during all the trials and the joys that come your way every day, just really very intentionally and prayerfully doing that or at least making that our goal. I'd I'd like for us to think more about making that our goal every day. So maybe you have some ideas to share with regard to that. Maybe some of the examples I shared um, have inspired you in other ways or remind you of ways that you try to do this, other things that might be helpful for the rest of us to know. Please share about the ways in which you work at praying all day, truly making that a reality that your life is a prayer. You can email me, your thoughts at danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm always there. I'm Danielle Bean on all the social media Um, or you can leave me a voice mail at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes for every episode at daniellebean.com. And now just a bit of feedback to share that I'm not going to read in its entirety because I heard from Laura this week, who was sharing about um, the recent episode I did on trusting Jesus. What if you stink at trusting Jesus, where we were talking about that? And Laura shares a lot in this email, um, very supportive and encouraging and kind in everything that she says. But she uh, does take me to task a little bit because she thought I was disparaging of the Legionaries of Christ in what I shared about our personal experience with the Legionaries of Christ. So I want to apologize to Laura and anyone else who uh, might have been offended by the way in which I shared, I, I think I went back and I listened to it, and um, I don't think I was disparaging, but I think it could be seen as maybe flip or dismissive of the the scandal related to the Legionaries of Christ and people who have suffered as a result of it, um, or or people that are are still very much involved um, or connected to the Legionaries of Christ, as Laura shared, she is, and I don't want to be offensive to those people, um, and. Ultimately, what I said there is still true. That I'm not going to go into that whole scandal here. It definitely was something that um, deeply, deeply hurt me and my family my extended family uh, my brothers my um, sisters my other members of my family who were part of supportive of worked for the legionaries of christ in many different ways it deeply affected me and deeply affected my family and um, many people that i know and that i love and that i respect are still very much hurt from that time so i still mean it that i'm not going to talk about that i'm not going to talk about the details of that and it is true anybody who wants to know the details of that can for sure find out everything they want. And then some, um, by going to the Legionaries of Christ themselves, by, uh, reading news stories, by, you know, whatever you, you want to do in that regard. But I I don't want to be dismissive of people who are still connected with the Legion. Um, you know, we made many great friendships and, uh, I know many wonderful people who are still involved in the Legionaries of Christ. Um, and, uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm, I'm also relieved that we no longer are a part of anything to do with it. So um, I'll leave it at that. But I don't – I want to apologize to you, Laura, for um, what you felt was dismissive or maybe just a little bit too flip about something that's very serious and close to your heart. And I understand that. And um, so I don't, I don't intend to be that way. So for sure. Know that, um, I'm praying for you and for your family. And as always, (laughs) it's taken me a while to get to this point, um, praying for people in the Legionaries of Christ and surrounding the Legionaries of Christ. And you know what? I was just sharing about this, um, with somebody the other day when it happened to come up. Uh, I don't regret our our past with the legionaries of Christ, um I don't regret the things that the decisions that Dan and I made that were often very sacrificial and that I did deeply regret in certain moments um in the ensuing years as as the scandal unraveled um but I don't because i I see and this is part of what I was trying to share in that podcast and probably failed at doing, but I do see that good things came from it, and that the things that we did and the spirit of generosity with which we worked and we lived and we gave our lives to what we thought was good, was good in many ways. And it served our family very well in our young family life. And I, I don't regret it. And I don't regret the 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 pain that we suffered and the sacrifice that we suffered in um, in finding out that the world is not what we thought it was or things were not what we thought they were. And the disappointment and the disillusionment and the discouragement that came from that. I don't regret those things either, because ultimately, we're better people for it. And I feel like I am, in fact, a more sympathetic person inside the life of the church and more sympathetic to people who are victimized in various ways in the life of the church uh, because of it. And um, I don't regret that, and I don't regret where it's brought my marriage, where it's brought my family, where it's brought our our parenting, and even the ways in which it affected us both professionally. I think it's all turned out for the good. And that was part of what I was trying to share was that in those moments, it was hard to understand God's plan, and I still don't fully understand it. Um, but someday we all will completely and perfectly understand it. But in the meantime, it's enough for me to know that God did indeed have a plan and he's He's brought us to a better place and good things have come from what was in fact a very painful time. So thank you for, for sharing, Laura. and Thank you for taking the time to write to me in such a kind and generous and sympathetic way. And that's all I've got time to share this week, but I'd love to hear your feedback on any of the topics that we've shared here today or any previous episodes. You can connect with me at daniellebean.com. But before I go, I do want to take a moment to thank those of you listeners who support The Girlfriend's Podcast through Patreon. If you're not familiar with it, Patreon is a system that you can use to pledge your support for podcasts and other kinds of programming that you like. It's a way of kind of voting for your favorite programming, and you can do it for as little as a dollar per episode. You can pledge just a dollar per episode, and every little bit makes a big difference, especially in the amount of encouragement I feel to continue to record the podcast week after week. So if you're interested in supporting The Girlfriend's podcast and continuing to encourage its production you can go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash girlfriends thank you so much for that support I also want to take the time to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and lots of other free Catholic media that's going to entertain and educate and inspire you in learning more about your Catholic faith at ascensionpress.com and click on Channels. And finally, I want to thank you just for being here. Thank you for connecting with me. Thank you for all the ways you share and encourage me here at the podcast. But most of all, your presence is truly a gift to me. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a daniellebean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.